Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Robots Radio presents... You're listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons & Dragons. Hello, welcome to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. And you are listening to the multiverse famous patron roundtable. Mary, what is what is this patron roundtable that I speak so highly of? You do speak real highly of it, to be quite we honest. We appreciate that he does. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's true. If it's worth it, you know, gotta work it. Put your thing down, flip it, reverse it, all that. Is that oh, what we're doing? No. All of it. All of <laughs> that's that. not what the round table's for. It's a different table. That's the that that's the failed table. rap career. That see, I told table. you. <laughs> Young shenanigans coming at you again. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's where we discuss all kinds of things D and D related with our patrons and friends of the show. Yeah, we have about a different topic of... every month. Yeah, a fun topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the topic this month is uh, well, we got um, this is kind of in keeping with you know the the latest offering from uh, Wizards of the Coast uh, from D and D is keys uh, from the Golden Vault which yes. is an anthology adventure full of heists. Mm-hmm. And we discussed it last week, uh, talked about a couple of our uh, favorite or, you know, the, the, the uh, adventures that appeal most to our sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Of course, I talked the one I talked about the one that dealt gambling and hell. And then the other one with the book of wild darkness, uh, Mary talked about uh, sniff neblins and uh, Atom- one of these days, <sighs> he's going to get it right. I'm going to get it not right. said that name, right? Neblin. Swerf Neblin. Snurf Neblin. Look, it's a made-up word. I can say it however I want. <laughs> You're a made-up word. I mean, we're all just made up, <laughs> essentially. True. But uh, the, the other voice you're hearing, <laughs> go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Oh, hi. I'm Darkwing. I'm just, uh, I'm just that monthly guy that shows up, talks Where? about stuff. Wearing, <laughs> a, uh, wearing an Undertaker-type hat. Looks great in it, by the way. Thank you. Looks Thank like you. uh looks like if uh if this were a western and you walked in wearing all black the the whole saloon would hush would like Yeah, the piano out. playing would stop yeah. suddenly. Uh, minor key, minor key you're all... <laughs> And so sudden uh, banging of piano keys just And so this uh this month we're talking about the kind of adventures that we would like to see in D&D and and granted we uh I mean you can find any number of the types of uh, adventures we're going to talk about on the right. DMs Guild, and in fact, the uh, the DMs Guild uh, corner of the week picks will be ex- exactly that. I will uh, all the the types, all the genres that mm-hmm. we'll be discussing, we'll be finding examples of that in the DMs Guild. But this is primarily uh, the the kind of adventures we want to see put out by D and D by Wizards of right. the Coast, because by and large, you know, D and D is. Uh, the majority of players are very casual and aren't going to mm-hmm. seek out like the homebrew stuff. And so mm-hmm. we need that sort of like gateway uh, right. it, to it puts get it, them there. It puts it into focus and visibility for 
mainstream, I guess. Into the mainstream zeitgeist. Right. That way it's it's on a very public, very highlighted platform and gets spotlighted more, which should help open, you know, the rest of people that are, like you said, people that are not those really super serious in-depth weirdos like us, be able to just grab it and go. If, if that is a compliment. Yeah, if, it I, is. if I've ever been described more accurately than a super, in, what was it, super intense obsessed weirdo? Yes. Yes. Super focused in, uh, obsessed weirdo. Uh, I, I I hadn't heard a better description. So yeah, so like I said, we uh, these adventures are the types of things that we want to see. And I asked uh, my my group of friends that I play with, you know, what kind of stuff they would want to see. And uh, one of them said she wants to see a pirate adventure. She wants to be a pirate. Same. Bravo, bravo. Yes. She wants as a to person s- who writes those things. Yeah. Swashbuckling if you will. Oh yeah. And you know and there are mechanics in Ghost of the Salt Marsh for, you know, for mm-hmm. ship combat for like, you know, mm-hmm. for for vessels for for oceanic vessels and stuff like that. But, you know, a a true like pirate adventure where you're on the high seas, where you're searching for booty, where you're searching for gold, you know, where you're a pirate, you know, like um there's that that big uh, MMORPG type game, uh, Sea of Thieves. Yeah. I'm borderline obsessed with Sea of Thieves. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out there. Sea of Thieves takes up way more of my time than it should. And anything See, and, and I... all things pirate, I am 150% in. And that's why I don't play that. I have spent uh, somewhere around 400 hours on this run of Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Uh, <laughs> one of my, uh, my youngest, it's one of his favorite games. Black I can yeah. I can almost sing every single one of the shanties without accompaniment. <laughs> I love that so much. So yeah, big uh, fan. Obviously, uh, it would be a huge hit, you know, being able to be a pirate. Yeah. You know, as as you can tell from the success of games like like Sea of Thieves, like Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed, Black Flag. Well, it, the pirate there's aesthetic. A new one coming out too. There a was new... there was swashbuckling. Uh, I think it was Mongoose was the publisher in three five that. Uh, had a swashbuckling like so there is a there is a 5e swashbuckler there is i believe it's a a rogue subclass right right as always Mm -hmm. you have to be good luck to be a rogue to be a pirate that'd be a lot of fun you could do pirate heists let's go no yeah exactly i mean but i know know. what i'm writing for the next six months so you can use uh like pre-existing classes subclasses to uh to to be a pirate type character to be a swashbuckler mm-hmm. you know as far as like full-blown adventures or campaigns where that's exactly what you're doing you know we would love to see that from mm-hmm. D. i think it'd be easy for them to really put something out like that they can use Farron and the the sword coast very easy to make a oh yeah absolutely adventure i mean just like i'm thinking you can just pull it out of the air i'm pulling it out of the air as i'm thinking about it like, mm-hmm yeah, and like I say, use the mechanics from Ghost of Salt, Salt Marsh, some of the mm-hmm. mechanics from uh, Spelljammer, like that yep. whole idea of, of like naval combat, of ship combat. I think there's enough pieces that somebody would just need to go and pull them and assemble them in an order that makes sense for that to be viable from Wizards. It, I don't think that it would be very complicated to do either. 
No, exactly. Like you, like you said, like all the pieces are there, just put them together mm-hmm. Add a, you know, some specific seasoning, some, you know, right. Give it a little bit of new stuff. Cause we want that too. Yeah. Everybody wants new stuff. Yeah. I would say yeah. like, you know, a subclass for every class, you know, not just the rogue, but you know, the fighter or the paladin, you know, like, and like a DMs it. guild, there are several, um, pirate, uh, spell offerings. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, something that allows you to fully engulf, like fully en- envelop yourself in that genre, in in that medium. I I agree 100%. And I will give you a little more insight into the way that I am since we get to learn about your wrestling and whatnot from time to time. <laughs> um, I have a character that is my playable character that I use as a device in one of the campaigns that I DM. She is there to kind of help poke them along without breaking immersion. Name's Leonara. Leonara is a tabaxi. She was a pirate and a smuggler prior to the adventuring thing. The ship that I have for my D&D character is called the Dragon's Cry. That is the name of my ship in Sea of Thieves, and I've designed it to look the way I would want it to in D&D. Nice. So there's the... uh, I super agree with your friend <laughs> like i'm here for it 100 <laughs> percent. i uh yeah i'm i'm 100 into the swashbuckling i mm-hmm. have a captain hook outfit i would wear if we were playing a swashbuckling outfit and um, goals understood i could see that i could definitely mm-hmm. see that so yeah so okay. pirate adventures some a pirate a pirate campaign yeah, yeah like man um Mary, well, Mary, so what, what, what's something you would like to see? So I've been, I've gone back and forth because I'm here for the pirate thing too. Like I love that. Um, right, right. I would like to board. see more <laughs> of the Spelljammer related space kind of bordering into sci-fi stuff expanded too. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of, you could see that in that a, a little bit in the example I chose from the keys from the golden ball, the one with the Sferf Neblin, the automatons kind of like an e- evil overlord, their robots taking over and you having to save society is kind of one of those things. I love that kind of like, I like that. You bring that up when Microsoft putting out AIs that go crazy. <laughs> it's like a very adorable Terminator. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like okay, like the the term the plot of the Terminator, but ooh, ooh. <laughs> we're here to destroy all of mankind. I think that's that before your robot overlords. That's that's got to be once. Uh, and the Twitch channel is coming, but once once the Twitch channel is launched, launched that is a that's a soundbite right there. Uh, yes. Oh yeah, you can absolutely. <laughs> 100 percent you guys it's fine i started doing the voice ironically and got ser- like fairly okay at it um, <laughs> no no that was very good that was very i good. do think as far as adventures go though too from wizards of the coast more than just that this is what i want to play or dm i want to see accessibility expanded so um things that are going to appeal to people that don't fall under typical categories because right. there aren't I that I have come across I may be wrong I have not found mechanics for like there's not a lot of stuff that includes like 
you know, any sort of disability, blindness, not being able to hear, not, you know, any of those things, I would like to see some expanded accessibility and availability of that type of stuff as well. So we did talk about that kit, um, that accessibility kit where things were in Braille, they have, they kind of try to tick off all the markers. I want to see more of that, but from Wizards of the Coast, I think that that would just be better for everybody involved, honestly, because that shows on their end that they're trying to reach more people and then, you know, bringing more people into the game that feel like they couldn't before. Well, uh, so I'd like to see that type of adventures that are based around those things highlighted. I think you're absolutely correct. I just uh, had to listen to Hasbro try to talk their way out of the OGL fiasco to their <laughs> shareholders this week. Uh, Beautiful. And I hope they listen to what you were just saying and maybe do that mm-hmm. because that would show uh, maybe they did actually care about their fan base. Mm-hmm. I just find that our our corporate overlord is not I don't know if they got the message quite yet. Yeah. And, but hopefully, I mean, I, I think that's your idea was fantastic. That's a great idea. Said, I'd, uh, I'd like to see temples that are designed for in those ways. I don't understand it enough to do it myself because I wouldn't be, I'm not informed enough in those areas to be able to do it and do it right. And it should be done right and by somebody that understands it. But there's, Got I to be some homebrewers oh, that have already gone through this and know exactly how to make it work. Oh yeah, no, exactly. hopefully, and hopefully you're listening out there. Yeah, I if you've got ideas, absolutely shoot them at us. We are all over the social medias, all over it. We're on on the twitters at D and D Lorecast and uh, Instagram, TikTok channels under construction, soon to be on Twitch. Yeah, there's uh, there I doubt there is anything we're discussing this week that hasn't already been been homebrewed but you know with the resources with the 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 weight that wizards has you know to push that to the forefront you know this is something you know these are things that you could become that much more you know popular that much more uh visible Mm -hmm. and so yeah like having like you know uh, that sort of accessibility is something that is you know that has been homebrewed but for for years if if not decades for the game mm-hmm. but having you know like i said the full weight and all the resources that wizards mm-hmm. has behind it would be a game changer right they want one D and D. okay that means everybody like do what you can to mm-hmm. in- help ensure this game could be played by anyone the more people you can reach the more longevity there is anyway like as a business that makes sense Right, Not like, just from the human standpoint, from the emotional standpoint of it. With them having the platform that they have to be able to do that, I just feel like they should do it in a positive way. You should use those places of power to help and to include and to all of those kinds of things. Uh, yeah. Kind of bring everybody else in. Because I know a lot of people, like a lot of people I know that I've spoken to that play D&D or DM or participate are disabled in one way or another too and that community shouldn't it's there shouldn't be a wall there there. that's the community that should have the voice in what 
mm-hmm. Wizards of the Coast puts out in reference to that community. It should Absolutely. not just be Joe Blow off someone the street. who doesn't know mm-hmm. what's going on and they just make it up. As I mean, they go. Exactly. There's experts on the subject. They're there. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, exactly. And you know, um, and Mary referenced the 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 kit earlier. Um, and that was something that was helped, you know, was put together. It was is an official product, you know, helped along by Jennifer Kretschmer, uh, who is an advocate for for that sort of accessibility. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly that's a set that's an amazing step in the right direction. Right. And continuing down that path, you know, and you know, Mary brings up like the emotional aspect of it, like the the the, em- the empathetic aspect of it, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, let's let's try to get as many people playing as possible. But I'll be the you know the other side of the coin is like that's that's more money for wizards getting more yeah, people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's this a win win win. More money, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if if your if your product only appeals to you know certain demographics or certain parts of society, you know mm-hmm. why not do what you can so that it appeals to even more. That exactly. There's not a. There's I don't see a downside. <laughs> Right. No, yeah. absolutely. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, another uh, another adventure type that kept coming up, and this was from uh, not only uh, Coffee uh, and Tex Tinstar, other patrons who unfortunately couldn't make it uh, to the recording, but also my my own friends who I asked. They want to see uh, whodunit murder mysteries or just whodunit mysteries. Uh... They want to be able to, you know, something like Clue, something like uh like knives out something you know where and my my only caveat would be like it would it would have to be designed in a way so that the ending could be different every single time Mm -hmm. you just do it with a table throw some tables in there yeah you'd have to i mean (laughs) yes throw some tables just throw some tables in there throw some tables and then in game maybe flip a table if you need to um, I actually just watched the original Clue for the first time over the last couple of weeks. Like, I actually oh. just saw it for the first time. <laughs> what a fantastic movie. It is so good. Not to be you and seeing that for the first time again. Like, I get that, to experience wow. so much stuff for the first time as a grown-up, guys. Like, I get to... Where you can appreciate you know, it. I, I'm sorry I can appreciate you it. live on the other side of the country because i got to see the monty python's holy grail on the big screen for it it honestly like a bunch of us for the first time ever it just some local theater put it up there and i i thought of you guys i did Uh, i appreciate that i grew up i wish you guys could have been there it was absolutely everything you wanted from a theater experience but i'm here for it i digress i started (laughs) So what did what did you think of Clue? Oh, I love it. It's, Absolutely. It, it's so much fun. It, I remember watching it as a kid just cuz I was like, "Oh, this is the board game that I like to play." Uh, you know, there's a movie. Okay, I'll watch it and just thinking like this movie is and even as a kid, even as probably I was probably 7 or 8, even as a kid I loved it. And then growing up, I just appreciated it even more. Mhm. But yeah, that was that was something that came up uh from that was several suggestions from several people uh is some oh, yeah. kind of you know a uh, detective you know uh some mystery adventure uh like oh. you know who done it murder mystery a noir would be great oh yeah exactly like you know like a old like a 
gumshoe, like private eye sort of yes. thing. Yes. And just, you know, uh, and like I said, like, and there are, you know, there are off, on surface, there are limitations or there could be limitations, much like the heist adventures. You would think like, oh, well, let's, you know, it's got to be a whole, like a, like a group of rogue like characters, right? Like sneaky characters, but you could build it in a way where you could have a barbarian, you could have a spellcaster, you could have a bard, you could have a, a paladin. Go into it with the Ocean's well, Eleven thing. I mean, it's funny you mentioned the barbarian. I have a level one rogue, level three barbarian in my party at the moment. <laughs> and I, I don't know if you guys have seen Vox Machina's like up to current. But just just think that dude. Like as he runs through and just, you know, whatever, takes takes the arrow to the neck. Or huh, there was a trap here, guys. Fantastic. Well, I guess uh, your rogue's working out. <laughs> but yeah, like I think they're throwing some tables in there, obviously. Just so that, you know, if you go through the adventure once, you can go through the adventure a second or third or fourth mm-hmm. time. You know, and it's kind of like like the movie Clue, where there are several different endings. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, another idea that we had from, that I got from my friends uh, is more officially licensed products, kind of like how we had like the Stranger Things hunt for the Thessal Hydra box set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, more stuff that is like has uh, another IP attached to it that would bring more people to the game interesting okay yeah i agree i mean i agree but what what do you bring what what kind of ips are you bringing that aren't i mean like if you think world of warcraft you pretty much think D D. you uh I, i'm i mean i'm on board with the idea i'm just not I guess Gosh. think uh, it, uh, nothing's clicking that. Who would you attach it to that isn't already attached to it? Yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, one of the suggestions was like something like the Goonies, which is a movie that I've actually never seen. Same. Shut uh, up. Well, we're Front not su- really. We're not surprised by like by, by that admission from Mary, but yeah, you though. Are you kidding me? I never watched it, and it you know by the time it became a thing, I said to myself like I will never watch it. It's just going to be one of those things. I will end up going to my grave, never having watched the Goonies. <laughs> that's I mean that's unfortunate. <laughs> that's a fantastic movie. Both of you never need to watch sit the down Goonies, and never and watch the it. Goonies. Um. But from from what I understand, it's a it's a great fun movie. The, There's the a pirate ship. Come on. But you know something you know in the and it's not necessarily like you know like oh like you play you play the Goonies you play Chunk or Sloth or I don't know what their uh either names whatever their names Those are. Names are correct. Okay, so and then but something <laughs> like set in that universe or like um like the Legend of Zelda something set in that universe something you're not necessarily well, playing be- Link. But you're I I actually some of the ideas I had for types of adventures are semi related to that. Like I like temple fetch quests. Mm -hmm. I like going and collecting all of these items and bringing them back to one person like I Legend of Zelda is like top tier games to me. So that's my my love there. Share that love with Crit. 
And so he understands. Oh yeah, absolutely. Legend of Zelda <laughs> lore cast also available on the robots radio network. Uh, yeah. It's just stuff, stuff like that is popular and that can, you know, mm-hmm. essentially like, Oh, it's instead of, you know, and there are so many games that are, you know, that have their own TTRPG, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm always a fan, the more the merrier. But mm-hmm. if we're talking about you know how to expand the D and D fan base, you know ways for uh, for them to make money so they don't try to screw creators as they tried <laughs> previously. Yeah, uh, you know mm-hmm. if they're if they you know wait if they want to both you know a make money and also b provide as much you know great content as possible. Mm-hmm. You know something like releasing a like D and D branded like Legend of Zelda TTRPG is where to go. Uh, now you now you're dealing with Nintendo though. Well, now you're dealing with Nintendo, and Nintendo is very Nintendo. Well, it's I mean, true. as as an example, you know, uh, you could also right. you know, you could do like Assassin's Creed. You could do um, uh, going into movies something like uh, like Pacific Rim. I would love to play a uh, you know mech robot oh. slash you know versus kaiju yeah. know, TTRPG. Yeah. In fact, I've been working on something can, like that very similar for the past few months. I, I can see GNOME technology being the mechs. Right, yeah. exactly. And there's already there's already so many good monsters. I mean, and then it's perfect. I mean, you could really work that idea. As soon as you said mechs and robots, though, I was looking at your uh, shelf back there, up on that top shelf in the corner there, and that's where my brain went, was uh, Megazord. The Dragonzord, yeah. A, yeah. power, a Power Rangers TTRPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Ah, I would give just about any of them a shot. I mean, there are five to six of them at any given time, which That's is, true. I mean, like, essentially a D and D party. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it would work. Yeah, it works good. It would work. I would like to see more tiny adventures too. I think. What do you mean like, tiny? Adventures? Tiny like, things, like, tiny like small, small things. Like so, there's. You know, we've we've kind of expanded some of the different species to include more animal type things. But I would like to see like rodents and very small, small things like tiny Feywild adventures. They'd okay. be cute and I'm, it'd be I'm fun to get more of limb the, here. Have you seen Willow? Yeah. OK, so you know who the brownies are? Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, if you just made a brownie adventure, that would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Stuff like board. that. I just, or... I just had to check. I didn't know where your uh, pop culture references stop and start. My pop so. culture references are all over the board. Throw a dart and you'll probably hit one. <laughs> Maybe. They they don't make sense when you list them all together. And I'm aware of that. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Like and no, and when you when you talk about, like, you know, I want to see like tiny adventures, uh, there is a game called Mouse Ritter that is exactly that. Where mm-hmm. you you build and you your character is a is a little mouse and you go on a little mouse adventures and I it is the most so twee and a, and cute thing, uh, but if you know you go up to someone who's like oh yeah I've I've heard of D and D but they don't know what a TTRPG is they don't know what a tabletop role playing game is mm-hmm. but they're familiar with the D and D brand name yeah it's going to be a harder sell to get them to play something like Moss Ritter as opposed to something that, you know, is D and D branded. Right. And once they fall in love with that, then be like, Oh, well let's, Hey, there's this other game too. That's very similar. And, you know, very, very much like geared toward that sort of, you know, gameplay and those sort of mechanics. 
And that's, that's how you get them. That's how you get the hooks in them. It is. Uh, it is. It, you're not wrong. Branding is is very powerful. Absolutely. And it would be nice if they would uh, be more adventurous, mm-hmm. uh, like Mary was talking about, and you know, step out of the comfort zone and include more people like they say they want to. Right, because uh, at, at at the current rate, I worry that they'll continue to that they'll stagnate if you keep pumping out the exact same thing. At some point, it's not going to work, and it's going to be overkill and oversaturation of the exact same stuff over and over and over and over again. And then you just end up with people like us who are homebrewing everything we're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you know, it's it, it's like. Um like music, you know, with a band, you know, they, mm-hmm. they have their first album mm-hmm. and you fall in love and their second album is, you know, similar enough, but, you know, different in ways that, you know, it's, it's still exciting, right. but if they keep putting out that same album over and over and over, then at a certain point, you're like, okay, well, I, I'm done here. Or like, you know, I've outgrown it. Yeah. It like, needs yeah, to yeah, grow. Absolutely. It needs I've to heard evolve. This before. Like and I can just continue. To, yeah listening to the first album or the second i've already album. spent yeah i already spent money on that album like five years ago this right. is the same dribble yeah and so we need we need something that is still very much D D, but something that is is different enough that keeps us excited mm-hmm. well that being said we're going to take a quick break go to the middle of the show we're going to talk about uh those exactly the types of adventures uh, that we're discussing uh, that have already been made by amazing homebrew folks. Mm-hmm. We're going to thank our patrons and see what's going on in the world of D and D. Hello and welcome to the middle of the show where we discuss all the middly things. We thank the patrons. We discuss recent D and D news as well as take a look at some uh, some homebrew fun that we can get into. If you're noticing that Mary isn't part of this. Uh, the middle of the show. It's because we record the patron roundtable on a plane of ex- existence that that exists outside of of space and time. And as a result, um, sometimes uh, the recording gets messed up. And uh, yeah, and then we um, it's hard to. Okay, so that, none, none, none of that is true. Uh, in all actuality, we record the patron roundtable a couple of weeks before uh, we release it. And so then Mary and myself get together after the fact to record the middle of the show um, because we discuss recent news and obviously, you know, in the world of D and D sometimes it moves so quickly that, you know, two weeks isn't recent enough. So we usually get together a couple of days before beforehand, before we actually release the episode to record. And that being said, uh, Mary is unable to join me this week because uh, she is helping take care of her, her partner who just underwent surgery to repair a broken leg Atticus of the No Sleep Podcast. Uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. If you want to do so yourself, you can you can reach him on Twitter. Uh, we're sure that Mary's taking as if she as is as good as uh, as, a, as a nurse as she is with the puns, then he will be up on his feet in no time. Uh, that being said, let's go ahead and thank our patrons really quick. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who supports us on Patreon.com slash dnd lorecast uh your support helps uh helps make you know helps make the show possible in a way uh and in, in, in the best in the best way that we could hope for you know there are you know certain ways that we want to help build the community certain ways that we want to 
you know, foster growth within the show that just wouldn't be possible without, without Patreon support. And so thank you so much from the bottoms of our hearts. If you are interested in, in some of the free content or some of the bonus content, some of the free swag that comes along with Patreon membership, definitely check out patreon.com slash Lorecast. If you want to support the show in other ways, you can follow us uh, on all the social medias, all the all the different, all the Twitters and the TikToks and the Twitches, all the all the T's, all the T ones, and all the other uh, the IGs and all that. We are at DND Lorecast on just about everything. Um, we've got the TikTok coming up, we got the Twitch coming up. We're very excited um, for what year four of the DND Lorecast has in store. Um, you can also email us dndlorecast at gmail.com. Uh, give us suggestions for future shows. Ask us questions about uh, lore topics, uh, maybe something that was, wasn't was too clear or we didn't explain enough in a previous episode. Or just let us know uh, if you're using one of our homebrew items or uh, just tell us about your campaign. Tell uh, tell us about your adventure that you're writing. I, we we just want to talk D&D. And you can do exactly that also on the Robots Radio Network Discord. We have our own text channel. We're always on there nonstop all i want to do is talk dnd that's literally if i could spend 24 hours of my day to, i don't sleep i try not to i try to sleep as little as possible when there are so much dnd and ttrpg to be played why would you sleep why why would you ever sleep um so yeah again thank you for uh any and all support that you give the show it, it really does mean so much to us um for news dnd news wise a new unearth arcana for one D&D just dropped some new playtest material. It's for the Druid and for the Paladin, giving some new options for both classes. And uh, spoiler alert, um, in the playtest material, the rules have been changed for a Druid to be able to shift into an Owlbear. So there there it is. There you have it. So um, I haven't been able to take a look at it. It just dropped today as of when I'm recording this. Um, I will give it a look-see, but yeah, look it over. Um, we'll include uh, links in the show notes, of course, and let us know what you think. Let us know, uh, you know, what works for you, what doesn't. Uh, we'd love to, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Additionally, a little um, tidbit of info came out. Uh, Kyle Brink, the executive producer of Dungeons and Dragons, um, the, the the Dark Sun uh, campaign setting got brought up, and. Um, and he was being interviewed by uh, Bob Worldbuilder. And he said that uh, the Dark Sun setting is problematic in a lot of ways. And that's the main reason we haven't come back to it. Um, I, I've made no um, made it no secret that uh, I love the Dark Sun campaign uh, leading up to uh, Spelljammer. You know, the you know, they had announced that 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 a couple of classic campaigns were going to make their way back to 5e. And so I did the research into like the 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 campaign settings from from advanced D and D, and you know really the big ones were, were Spelljammer and Dark Sun, and and Planescape. And so I figured that Spelljammer was going to be one of them, uh, simply because of the of D and D five E's focus on the multiverse, and Spelljammer seemed like a great way to be able to travel between, you know, universes essentially like D and D campaign setting universes, um, and. Uh, and I was hoping that Dark Sun would be the other, but we, we're going to get Planescape, which is fine. Planescape is also very cool. Uh, but Dark Sun, it just it scratches an itch that normally doesn't get scratched in D and D proper. And you know, it does it does have a lot 
of um you know it does have a lot of themes that uh that are that are sensitive and quote unquote problematic you know uh, like genocide and slavery um you know but it's uh it's something that it, it these topics you know shouldn't be shied away from simply because they are problematic of anything uh, they should be addressed albeit in a very you know uh in very nuanced and sensitive manner and in fact um one of the co-leads on journeys through the radiant citadel ajit george tweeted out yes i'd be intrigued with tackling a revised version of dark sun it'd be an amusing polar opposite of what i created with the radiant citadel and a fascinating challenge and then he goes on to say the more that he thinks about it, the more that uh that he'd be he'd be more intrigued to do it is because it'd be like a it'd be like uh examine the dichotomy you know radiant citadel was all about this like very utopian uh type of society where like it it represents like the best of us whereas dark sun speaks to another path that takes us into misery and so i think with with you know the 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 correct creative leads behind it you know something like dark sun not only could uh could be made in 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 this in this era in this in this day and time but it could be have even more impact than it ever has um but that's that's just me like I said, and maybe i'm just a dark sun stan and i just want to see it no matter what so uh so there you go uh and so for uh homebrew action uh you know we're talking uh this patron roundtable is all about you know different adventures types of adventures that we'd love to see in D&D 5th edition and you know we've stated over and over during the show that a lot of these types of adventures a lot of you know what we what we want from official content is available you know via homebrew like this this is type of this type of stuff has already been created by third party by small time by indie creators and so as well, we're not going to go deep into a DM's guild picks like we normally would, but just know that in the show notes, there are a ton of uh, examples of stuff that we talked about in the show that you can get already that you can get right now on the DM's guild. For example, there are um, there is a solo adventure bundle right now that you can get uh, for about 20 bucks get it for uh nearly 50% off uh it includes four different um solo uh, adventures that you can play by yourself uh you know you can don't need a party don't need a dm you are your own dm and you can play these D- these 5e D adventures on your own plus stuff like um like the an inquisition murder mystery series or uh a murder in moss bank a one-shot whodunit murder mystery, stuff like that is, like I said, already being created. So if the idea of playing that kind of stuff is intriguing to you, you don't have to wait for Wizards of the Coast to create it. You know, Although it would be great to see it from them, you can go to DM's Guild right now and try them out. And they're relatively cost-effective, especially right now. Like uh, There's a Golden ho- Vault heist sale going on, and a ton of stuff is marked down to, uh, up to 40%. So check it out. We'll have show links. Uh, we'll have links in the show notes. Uh, that being said, let's jump back to the end of the show. <laughs> Welcome back from the middle of the show. We're going to finish our discussing our discussion on 
uh, what kind of adventures, what kind of products we want to see from Dungeons and Dragons official products, which will then, you know, help expose all the awesome homebrew that is available because all the, all the stuff that we're discussing has, has been homebrewed all the stuff like the pirate adventures, you know, uh, small adventures, either it's been homebrewed or there are other games that, you know, have done it, but you know, without the, without the weight, without the resources, without the, the branding of D and D uh, you know, your casual fan is, is it going to find that? So, you know, what, what kind of stuff do we want to see that could help, you know, uh, expose like smaller adventures, you know, other creators, and uh, Darkwing, you've got a heck of an idea. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, this is, I have to give the credit to the man, uh, Jay Zachary Pike, and his, uh, a series that's still in continuation. Uh, go check it out. It's called Orconomics. Start there. Uh, not to be confused with the board game Orconomics, but uh, that's a whole different show. Uh, I want to see economics brought in to an adventure, maybe even just a whole new world you could use uh, based off of that author's books where there's a hero's guild. There is what's called the forces of evil or a foe that make quests happen. I mean, it, it comes into almost an MMORPG uh, like mm -hmm. thinking. So there's a quest, there's a bunch of guys who go for it. But then there's all these outside entities buying shares of the Force of Evil's horde, which has been adjusted by your horde adjuster who went out and checked out just how good this should be. And <coughs> excuse me. Uh, it, it, it kind of brings it into a whole like modern setting with banks involved and <clears throat> security firms. And it becomes a whole thing where there's stocks and shares and uh, securities. And there, there's a whole, almost, it, it brings monopoly into it, kind of. Like yeah. there's a whole money scheme behind it. Mm -hmm. And now your heroes have to figure out their own contracts to get in on this quest to get a percentage of the loot that it it's a it would take a while to really figure it out i just want to see economics brought into it which we were we're all math nerds in the first place that's why we <laughs> play this game uh, i don't think adding more numbers is going to hurt anything and it leads to all sorts of other things. Like once you've added the economics part of it, you can add corporate espionage. You can like the good guys or quote good guys making plans, back alley trading, or I guess, uh, what is that? Insider trading is what they call it. Oh. Back alley trading mm -hmm. is a, that's a horse trader thing. Uh, but, you know, setting up adventures in the darkness to make themselves look good, but actually put the people in peril. And, like, that brings a whole adventure in. Like, mm. uh, I just I just think that if you could add a little modern-day economics to a fantasy realm like Mr. Pike did, 
it, it, it just really it it opened up so many avenues for an adventure once I listened to his books uh, that I wanted to add him because I mean it becomes a whole thing where the economy has what's called an NPC or a non-combatant paper carrier. Hmm. So you have trolls that are walking around with humans, but they're carrying these papers where they're not bad guys and the Heroes Guild or a union uh, can't go after them. They're a paper carrier, but then you get into all that other bureaucracy how do you get your papers and there's the whole resistance of the papers and it just I really think it, it, it would make a really interesting world if D&D got on board I really think they would find other people want this I can't be the only math no. that wants no. to so see is... <laughs> this happen there is something kind of similar in a similar vein i guess um they did take on acquisitions incorporated which does have the uh business aspect of it kind of modern day businessy stuff um with it where they uh your players are kind of franchisees and has like dark office humor oh, etc so something similar to that. So again, there's pieces already in place there and they could easily start pulling things and tack stuff together if, you know, if. And to make it, yeah. you know, more in line with, you Expanding know, what Darkwing is talking about. Yeah, exactly. I think so. I, I'm sure it is out there. I just, uh, I just found it a very interesting idea. To I like it. Really with the entire Wall Street aspect and then almost Nazi Germany papers aspect where you could fight against that kind of racial injustice kind mm. of deal would be nice to see. Uh, you know, bad guys are the corporates. I mean, which also is in my own opinion. Like a, like a hint of like relevant. cyberpunk dystopia there. Well, yeah, you know, I was I was thinking maybe more shadow runish, but right, right. Uh, you know, nothing better than an orc with an Uzi and magic. Uh, <laughs> That's going on your tombstone, by the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's where I've got today. I had other ideas, but I I didn't flesh them out well enough. Well, you What's brought that? up uh, Zorinthal, which is yeah. uh, like the like the lore in, in lore. It is referred to as the great game or just the game, which is uh, what dragons do um, instead of just open warfare. Uh, it says the game is uh, said to be similar to chess, where dragons scheme against their fellow players through their minions and even unwilling agents to advance their goals to earn prestige. And so... You know, and you said you, you you thought about bringing that up, but you know hadn't really fleshed it out. Yeah, but this need not necessarily like being an adventure. This could be a board game or a card game that D and D puts out. It's true. Did, which I thought was a is a really good idea, mostly because then it would just uh, 
it makes it more user-friendly if it was just a card game or a board game than the average guy, not nerds like we've uh, already made sure everyone knows we are. Can just jump doubt. in, which is, is honestly how I got back into D&D in the first place was their tile interlocking board games. I could just whip them out in an evening. We all kind mm-hmm. of got the D&D experience. Which eventually led back into me writing adventures and right. running actual games. So, I mean, yep. that, it, I think that your idea off of my idea is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> with our great, with our good ideas combined, uh, but no, yeah, I think like a like a board game where you get to be a dragon fighting other dragons, almost mm-hmm. like a risk type strategy. That's what game. I was. Yeah, risk or. Uh... Weapons and Warriors, I think, was the other one. I haven't played that one. It's a very... There's, like, castles, and you have, like, trebuchets, catapults, and all kinds of stuff to try to, like, infiltrate uh, each other kind of a situation. I think you could almost access an allies then. Yeah. Because, I mean, if it's dragons, there will be flying. There will be flying. Mm. There will be flying. That's true. Another idea from our patron, Tex10Star... And I I love this one, is the Gumball Rally Sword Coast Edition. <laughs> Darkwing is applauding right now. Oh, that's a great idea. So for those unfamiliar with the Gumball Rally, it is a, a across the United States uh, or across uh, you know not just the United States because they have them all over the world, right? Uh, yeah, just from a... one from one point to another race essentially. Um, and I don't know that it's really about, uh, like who comes in first so much as like the, just the shenanigans that goes on. And then the, 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 the nightly parties that happen at each stop. Of course you have the guy who gets the best time, but that's not. That's secondary. So that would be fantastic. That's a great idea. So, and across uh, the continent or, you know, across from the Sword Coast, like uh, from point A to point B, no teleporting allowed, obviously. No, like, teleportational magic allowed. Right. Uh, you know, it would involve, like, teams maybe, like, you know, fighting each other, sabotaging each other to, you know, to, to you know, come in for come in, in a better spot. Uh, you know, all sorts of encounters on the road, traps, stuff like that. Um, we and we have some sort of like some vehicle, uh, like like Mary said, there are pe- there are like pieces that could be put in that could be yeah. expanded on. There is that into descent into Avernus for vehicle combat, mm-hmm. and so incorporating this into like you know this sort of like Mad Max Gumball Amazing Rally race. Yeah, but then you can come up with a whole uh, a city guard highway patrol at that point as well. Right, exactly. And you know, you could come up, you know, build your own vehicle, come up with your with your drivers. I think you know the the vehicle itself could become a character. Is a character like you know somebody could play the vehicle, (laughs) like like decide like what to do. Got those gnome tinkerers making automatons. Those gnome tinkerers, they never stop. Then you end up with a Transformers type vehicle. Don't forget so, about your goblin tinkerers. Don't forget about those. True. They'll be there said, too. I know they're in there making noise in my head while I'm trying to record. <laughs> so yeah, this this sort of gumball rally, uh, Mad Max Fury Road type adventure, oh, yeah. like it needs to be done. It needs to be done well. 
Yeah. I would play the bejeebas out of it out of it. Sounds awesome. I'm I agree. I need a mechanical jet steed right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um and for me personally, I've got a I've got a couple ideas. And again, like this is something that is available on DMs Guild. This is something that's available, mm-hmm. you know, homebrewed, but I want to see like more I want to see official solo adventures. You know, coming from D&D, oh. coming from Wizards. I want to see something that uh, when you can't get, you know, a group of friends together, a group of people together, uh, something that you could, some D&D that you can play on your own. D&D, choose your own adventure book. Oh, essentially, yeah. And like I said, there, there's, you know, we discussed this in the middle of the show. There are, there are aspects, there are, there are adventures like this, uh, but something that, you know, will appeal to the casual fan. And then they will be like, I want more of this. What's the DMs guild that I hear so much about from my favorite D&D lore cast? What yeah. do they got? Right. So solo adventures, uh, you know, from, from wizards. And then another thing that I want to, that I am obsessed with and I've never played it because it came out in the mid nineties before I started playing D&D, but something that I would love to see brought back is the birthright campaign setting now I birthright know what that, that one is you'll, all right so you have to tell me about it birthright is it has an emphasis on the on political on the political rulership level of gameplay mm. so instead of player turns you have these domain turns that model the actions of rulers over nations in the same way that you know that a player turn would simulate like what they do in in action in battle, um, uh, like, like civilization, it, kind of. I mean, at this, it's it's I more mean, like, like yeah, it's just like nation like warfare, idea. like nation, like you instead of playing, uh, instead of role playing a character, you role play right. A we covered on the DMs Guild a thing called uh, Castles and Crowns right. that he was still building, and it's a it's a substantial quantity of stuff that they have something very similar to that that uh, is the only thing I can pull from t- for it to make sense in my head because I had no clue what you were talking about for all. No, yeah, exactly, and that's oh. exactly you know when I remember you brought that up. And mm-hmm. I, I was immediately in on it because I was like, that sounds like birthright and I want to play birthright. It is. Yeah, it is. It is beautiful. They've, he's continued to expand on it too, since we discussed it. But one yeah. of the, uh, one of the reviews at the time uh, from Pyr- Pyramid Magazine, it said, recognize mm-hmm. the campaign as the first setting to support player characters as rulers, providing players with a game based on quote, diplomacy, politics, trade, construction, and of course, war. So it's very much like civilization, like risk, but D and D, and it can incorporate those like economic aspects that you were discussing. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it would that would fit right in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's a long game night. So what I'm hearing is you guys are gonna make a game together. That's what I, I, heard. Yeah, yeah, I don't exactly. see how we don't. I don't see the how official we don't. lore cast release game. But. You know, and that I remember, and this I I found this in just in researching just D and D, but my buddy asked me, uh, he want he wanted to see something that had more, that was greater in scope, that had mm-hmm. more of an impact on a on a like na- like a national or a global level, as opposed right. to just like okay, we're six people in a dungeon, 
this really only affects us. Right. Like, you know, you know, what can we do something that has, you know, widespread ramifications, like something that's that's more epic. Well, I mean, it would have, there would be widespread ramifications. We just ignore those usually when we're playing D&D. That's fair. (laughs) Here's like 400 gold for something. It's fine. That wouldn't destroy the entire economy of this town. No problem. And so, yeah, I, I think of it as sort of, like you said, like risk, like civilization, but mm-hmm. with D&D. Mm-hmm. And then something like like the homebrew at, uh, game you were talking about, Mary, was would get even more exposure because that is more in, like, that's more in line. That's, you know, mm-hmm. the homebrewers, we get into the nitty gritty of it all. You know, a lot of what D&D puts out officially is surface level. Mm-hmm. You know, they, it can be vague at times, even. Right like like the that's a nice way to put it like yeah like like the uh like the mechanics of uh spacefaring and and spelljammer it's left up to the to the dms left up to the homebrewer and so you know when when a homebrewer creates something like that it's because they have a passion for it and they want to Mm -hmm. they want to get into like i said the nitty-gritty of it all and so you get something like like birthright from D, which gives you sort of like the foundation for it all and then you like, okay, well, I need to incorporate some of these homebrew rules or start playing this homebrew campaign setting entirely because like I, yeah. I'm interested in this and I want more of it. Yeah. Just but yeah, Birthright sounds completely awesome. Uh and I I wish I wish I could play it with somebody because uh and then and this is exactly how I, I I would have to learn it myself and then run it, which is exactly how I got into D D in the first place. I asked my yeah. friends, like, hey, we should play some D&D, right? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, well, who's going to run it? It's like, oh, I don't know if I have the time. Like, yeah. well, I guess I'm going to have to. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to come up with that. I got into DMing. And it make was, it my uh, personality. Stars, and mm-hmm. apparently I, I speak the lightest. <laughs> so. uh, the, the, the woes and the laments of, uh, what'd you call us, Mary? Uh, super intense, obsessed weirdos, nerds? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all of those things. Any of those descriptors, you can just throw all those taglines in there. Exactly. Compliments all. Mm-hmm. I, no, I, I'm not offended at all. Well, thank you so much. That's what we have for this month for the patron roundtable. Darkwing, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Always. And thank you to uh, Text 10 Star to Coffee for submitting their suggestions, mm-hmm. uh, especially the, the Gumball Rally one. That's, that's absolutely. 100 percent inspired you know one of these days tax will come on and tell us himself what he wants fingers crossed fingers crossed my name is sergio and i'm mary fare thee well dear listener and until we meet again may all your 20s be natural thanks for listening to the dungeons and dragons Lorecast. if you've enjoyed the show please consider sharing it with a friend following us on twitter at dnd Lorecast or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.com.